Jack, super excited to have you on. We're going to talk a little hydrogen today, which is out of the normal for us. Our podcast focuses on CO2, uh, but as there are advancements made in clean energy, we hear a lot about hydrogen production being a new source and kind of the ramifications that come along with it, along with those positives, one of them being the CO2 produced. And we find ourselves here having a conversation that actually impacts the CO2 market. Yes. But the primary driver is that hydrogen. So Jack, we're excited to have you on today. Jack is the Vice President of Project Development with Bayotech. And Jack, thank you for coming. Why don't you give us an intro, a little bit about Bayotech, and then for our audience, really the first time we're going to dive into hydrogen. Set the stage. Yeah. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's, a, it's an exciting, uh, it's exciting time uh, in the hydrogen industry, and I, and I, and I think in the, in, the, in the CO2 business as well. Uh, you know, Bayotech is a... Uh, uh, we've been around for for a while. It's a it's a well known brand uh, in the in the hydrogen space in the in the gas space. Uh, we've got several nodes of business. Uh, I, I lead the the development of hydrogen production hubs for Biotech, and we have a a a a, a patented uh, licensed SMR technology uh, that we're we're commercializing that came, comes out of the U.S. National Labs. Um, so that that's and that's where we're working together with on with CO2. We also though build uh, and and sell and distribute hydrogen uh, transportation and storage equipment. Uh, we have a factory in in uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we build gaseous storage uh, transportation equipment uh, and gas gaseous storage pods there for 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 the hydrogen industry. And we've sold uh, quite a bit of that over the, over the last few years. So. I think what's most uh, uh, germane to this discussion, though, is our hydrogen production capabilities. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I've always yeah. said like you know, hydrogen and CO two are on parallel paths, and they're both highly, very important these days. When you talk about Inflation Reduction Act, you know, eighty percent of yeah. that is all about hydrogen or CO two, whether it's carbon capture or utilization. Um, so you mentioned, I'm going to take you back really quick. You mentioned SMR. Tell us what SMR is. Yeah, so there's there's two main ways to, to, to produce hydrogen today. Uh, it is, one is called uh, is an electrolytic process, and one is a steam methane reforming process. Steam methane reforming is what we do. And that technology has actually been around for a long, long time, uh, maybe 100 years or so. Uh, it's very heavily used in the industrial uh, uh, world today. Uh, but those plants tended to be large, uh, uh, almost refinery-sized facilities. You know, billions of dollars in, in capex, huge land areas. You know, things like that. And and so transportation of that hydrogen uh, it, it becomes challenging and is and is expensive. Um, the the other process is, is electrolytics, which is is taking a huge amount of electricity and and water and cracking that water molecule. Um, and, and so that, that it, 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 it needs a lot of water, but it also needs a lot of electricity to be able to produce that. And so a lot of advances being made, in, made in, in, in both forms, and both forms are necessary to actually get us to a hydrogen future. But the steam methane reforming process is really taking that, that methane molecule from gas, natural gas or, or biogas, you know, so-called renewable natural gas, and taking that methane molecule and breaking the, the hydrogen molecule off of it, and the byproduct of that process is CO2. Yeah. So let's take even back even a, a further step on hydrogen at a, at a top level. Why do we care? What is so great about hydrogen? Um, you know, is it the, you know, we talk about energy transition. Is it the energy source of the future? And, and uh, you know, what's yeah, stopping that from yeah, happening? 
It's certainly one of them. And for heavier, for heavier use cases, industrial cases, uh, heavy transportation, heavy equipment, those kinds of things, hydrogen provides a, a fuel source, an alternative fuel source to current fossil fuels like diesel particularly and things like that, that is provides a one-to-one -one replacement. Uh, currently, battery technology and things like that just are not efficient enough and powerful yeah. enough to a, a, allow for a one-to-one -one transition from, a, say, a diesel truck to a battery electric truck. You know, those big class eight diesels that are hauling cargo all over the United States today, uh, they're, they're, the reason they're so ubiquitous is there's an efficiency and a cost effectiveness to doing that. And trying to replace those today with batteries, just it, it just doesn't work. You don't have the range, you, so you don't get the duty cycle, you don't get the number of miles out of a truck trip, you don't get the, the length of time out of a truck trip. But with hydrogen, you can. Yeah. So if you're gonna replace a truck I've got to replace my diesel truck today with two battery electric trucks, maybe three, or with one single hydrogen fuel cell truck, I'm going to go replace it with a hydrogen fuel cell truck. And why the push today, if the technology has been around for 100 years, is it really just the minimization of fossil fuels and the heightened focus that we're putting on that that's driving these, these new forms or, or sources of energy? Was, is, are we coming down in economies of scale? Like We hear about it a lot now. What's driving that? Yeah, you, you've hit on two major things, right? It, it's it's it. There, there's a lot of there's a huge push, and it's and it's and it's a market push too, right? The regulations and the and and legislation is trying to keep up. It's a market demand to clean up the supply chain, to clean up the, the our environment, to clean up the atmosphere. People want to know what the carbon footprint is of the goods and products that they buy, and they want to reduce it. They they want to to they want to have a lower impact uh, than we've had in the past. And so everything that you've seen, that we've seen in the last couple of years, the, the Inflation Reduction Act, the, the, the infrastructure bill, all those things that were passed during, during the pandemic, those are just in response to what the market is already demanding and already, already pushing for. And one of the key areas to clean up is our global supply chain. Um, there, there's a significant, probably 20 to 30% of, of global emissions um, in the in in our environment come from our supply chain from 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 ships and trucks and trains that are moving our our, our global trade networks today and so there's some there, there's arguably some low-hanging fruit there that's a lot of what's of, of what's driving that that and transit uh, there, there's a big move to meet some of these these uh, mandates through the cleaning up of our transit system, our buses and our rail transit system. And there's a huge opportunity there as well. And so those are kind of the two main driving factors. And so we're, we're starting to see those, those demand pressures start to, to compress the, the, the supply side. And that, that you know, supply and demand, man, it, uh, it, it's, it's driving more demand, uh, which means more uh, uh, production coming online, which is starting to drive down the cost. Yeah, I mean, I always like to think of it, it's like that the we always say the all of the above solutions because certainly there is a, a a place for for battery in in some of those applications. Um, oh, you know, there's there's a place yes. for natural gas or compressed natural gas in some of those applications. Yes. But the bigger, the heavier, absolutely. You, now you start getting into the hydrogen. But the, you know, to me, and then you know, correct me if I'm wrong. The real benefit ultimately of hydrogen is it burns clean. That the you know the the harder part, yes. the negative of it right now is 
to separate hydrogen from methane or hydrogen from water. It's, it's very cost or power energy intensive to do that today. And that's where we have to get those economies of scale because you know, I, I like to look at it like every country in the world could be energy independent if we could rely on hydrogen as, as, the, as the power source. That, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. We, we could be. And, it, and so it goes, it goes a long way, not just to, to um, you know, cleaning up the, the atmosphere, cleaning up the environment, because hydrogen, like you said, hydrogen, is hydrogen, hydrogen burns clean, regardless of its, of its original source of supply. The hydrogen molecule itself burns clean. And so using those applications, you've cleaned up those applications where you've, where you've substituted hydrogen for other fuels. But you're absolutely right too. There is an energy independence and, and which, which, which is a national security uh, issue that absolutely. goes to a robust hydrogen production infrastructure. And so worrying less, you know, worrying about the carbon intensity of the hydrogen, less about the color of the hydrogen is an important thing that, 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 that we need to do in this country. Um, the carbon intensity is key, and by using by using existing resources and networks, our existing pipeline system, our existing natural gas production system, and augmenting that with biogas from things like landfills and and and, and dairy farms and water treatment plants and things like that, and blending those molecules, that's methane that today just escapes into the atmosphere. Right. Blending those molecules into the natural gas system. We come up with a, a uh, an inefficient SMR like like Biotech's unit. We come up with a carbon intensity scale around the hydrogen that's produced that is zero and sometimes even negative, depending wow. on on how much RNG. So you can start to really really have a, a a positive impact on the current environment as well as the future environment by using some of those methods. So how does that? stack up against other forms of clean energy. I mean, neutral negative sounds like it is comparable to wind, solar, maybe more scalable, more cost intensive. Like where, where does this shake out in the big scheme of, of clean energy and, and carbon intensity specifically? Exactly right, it, it, it is. I mean, if you, can, if, you can, if you can meet or beat the same sort of carbon intensity scale as wind or solar, you can start to drive, we can start to, to use RNG today start to drive the uptake of hydrogen in these in these you know transit and logistics and and and, and ports and things like that start to drive the the uptake of them and 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 sort of start to get people over the hump of using hydrogen as a fuel while we build up this larger network of of renewable energy um, solar wind things like that and the grid to be able to trans transmit that power efficiently and effectively to to these to these other uses. Yeah, we we were just having a recent conversation about uh, additionality and and you know the blocking of of uh, you know hydrogen production because of you know it's not energy efficient in all colors. And I'll, I'm going to step back for a second. You talked about the colors of hydrogen, um, you know, but so you know for the for the real simple basis, you know, green hydrogen means it was hydrogen that was produced with only green energy whether it's wind or, or solar and zero CO2 emissions whatsoever of that. And then there's a whole rainbow of colors after that down to, if you use, yep. if you burn coal and you use coal to produce the power that produces the hydrogen, that's like black or gray or, and, and that, you know, the, it, I, I don't see it in any other industry other than hydrogen and it's really stopping or slowing the growth. And some of us, a lot of us just say, who cares what you just said? 
ignore the colors for now. You know, we will get there. And yes, ultimately we want to have all green hydrogen, but it's not rational to think we can have that today. And it's extremely expensive. I mean, you know, that's, there, there is, it doesn't even exist, but it's also extremely expensive when we could be having this, you know, you know, blue or violet or whatever hydrogen we want to call it and build up the infrastructure to ultimately get to the, the vision that you just laid out there. And that's stopping it. I mean, are you seeing a lot of that in, in uh, impacting uh, Biotech's business at all or the, the hindrance of growth in the market? It, it, we haven't said it's stopping us or hindering us yet, but it is a constant, it's, it's a constant refrain that we, that we hear from certain corners of, well, it's not green, well, it's not green, well, it's not green. Well, that, all, all you're doing when you're arguing that is you're letting the perfect get in the way of the good, yep. right? And, and, and the people who are really affected and impacted by industrial operations today, heavy industrial operations with a lot of diesel functionality going on in those operations, cannot wait for the perfect they need they need they need to improve those those locations right now and the way to get there is through programs like smr renewable using renewable natural gas and reducing the the impact being able to reduce the impacts of that diesel on those communities is that's what we've got to be focused on right now yeah, I'm, I'm a, a huge advocate of, of, of the renewable natural gas, RNG. You talk about biogas and, and things like that. We've, we've done some episodes on, on some of those topics as well. Um, for, for that reason, it's, you know, you, the methane is either going into the atmosphere or we're using it. It's, it's, it's landfill waste. It's wastewater waste. It's uh, dairy and farm waste, food waste. It, so it's utilizing that for a good purpose and we're recycling the entire environment. To, to use that to create the hydrogen, to power the ships, to power the trucks, to power the boats. I mean, it's, 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 it's got to be the future. The IRA, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, outlines you know, or, or allocates a tremendous amount of funding for those projects. And yeah. some of this additionality is kind of starting to block that a little bit, right? Like, you basically say, no, if it's not this, this, and this, you can't use it. And we've got to stop that and get everybody. That's why, you know, we, we do episodes like this. It's so important. Uh, you know, it is carbon capture. It is... It is, uh, uh, you know, carbon neutrality, green initiatives, but we're doing it proactively, you know, by utilizing hydrogen and making it cost effective, which it's not today. I think we can all agree there isn't a cost effective hydrogen, you know, a diesel gas equivalent type of thing uh, that's there, but we can get there. There is a path, but we need the runway to get there. So. You know, uh, you know what, what, what kind of obstacles are you seeing there? But, you know, maybe, I think we maybe kind of hit on that a lot. Where, where's the growth? I mean, we saw your recent announcement with uh, the, that, the purchase of uh, some Nikola trucks. I mean, that's, that, that's outstanding. Another great company doing some great things in that trucking sector. Why don't you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's where we see a lot of growth, again, is in that, that the, the trucking sector, um, the, the heavy equipment sector, and the transit sector. Uh, we see a lot of, of opportunity there. Uh, you know, trucking is 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 obvious. Um, you know, and uh, any highway, any freeway in, in the United States, what do you what do you see? You see big Class Eight diesel trucks going up and down the freeway. That's how that is the lifeblood of our economy. Uh, so cleaning up that sector is going to have a huge impact, a huge benefit on our environment. Uh, and 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 on the communities, and frankly, on the on the drivers and the, and 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 the folks that that operate the, that equipment all day long too. 
One thing that's not quite as visible, but has a huge impact are the ports. And the ports you know, are, are huge locuses of, of diesel particulate emissions and things like that. They tend to be surrounded by communities of, 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 of color that have uh, equity challenges and, and are, are carry sort of an outsized burden of the impact of that diesel yeah. emission on their communities, on their areas. So cleaning those up is, is, a, is a, huge amount, a, a huge opportunity. And then, of course, transit, uh, tra transit buses, transit, uh, you know, uh, uh, use in our in our urban areas, uh, big benefits there within those urban environments. Who uses transit? You know, I think that's that's part of it, right? It's it's communities that that are uh, that 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 need support and need to be need to be uh, 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 shouldn't bear the burden of, of the impacts, um, and and. And so transit is, a, is another huge area. And OEMs are really focused on those areas as well, right? There's a lot of hydrogen fuel cell buses now being produced for, for transit. People are starting to produce hydrogen fuel cell trains for commuter trains and things like that. There's a lot of, of activity in, in the port sector, the heavy equipment, cargo handling sector, um, you know, the, 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 the top picks and the, and the yard hustlers and things in a, in a port environment, a warehouse environment forklifts, lift trucks, that kind of thing. And then of course the big class eight, eight diesels. So that's where we see growth. There's a, there's an economic model that, that works in those sectors. Um, and so we think there are, that that's where we're going to start to see a lot of, of this additional uptake of hydrogen in the short to midterm is in those sectors, in those market markets, and that's going to help drive down the cost of hydrogen overall for the rest of the economy. Yeah. So, so real quick, talk about talk about the engines that are associated with this, because we did a lot of this back in 2012 to 2016 with natural gas. And, you know, back then it was called the, the HHP, the high horsepower uh, unit. So you had mine trucks, rail, marine and uh, uh, power generation was all in there for the same thing. But one of the, and the even on the transportation sector. The, you know, those, those class A trucks that you're talking about, the 15 liter engine never really, you know, like Cummins and the others never really could get a, a, an efficient high torque engine that was effective enough to compete with diesel and, and perform that it needed to. Um, I, I get the sense we don't have that same problem when it comes to electric or, or, yeah, or you know, the, the fuel cells from hydrogen. So is that easily overcome in those regards? Yeah, that's right. And, and the reason being is that the, you know, the motors that are, driving the, that are driving the wheels that are providing the torque are actually electric motors. Whether it's a battery electric truck or a hydrogen fuel cell truck, the motor that's driving the, the wheels is actually an electric motor. So you get the torque and you get the, 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 the power that you need to be able to move that, that heavy cargo. Um, the, the fuel cell is just a generator. It's just generating an electrical current, right? Whether it's fueled with hydrogen, that just happens to be fueled by hydrogen. Same thing with with a battery, right? It's just providing an electrical current to that electric motor. So that's what you're seeing in 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 trucks, and I think that's the difference today between a hydrogen a hydrogen powered truck, hydrogen fuel cell truck, and the and the the some of the past efforts in in, in this regard. So we're seeing the same thing with rail, right? Because if, if you think about it, a diesel locomotive is really a diesel electric locomotive, right? It's a diesel generator on board the locomotive that's turning an electric motor to drive mm -hmm. the, the the steel wheels. Replacing that with a fuel cell gets you the same thing. It gets you the same amount of power, same amount of torque because you're driving that electric motor. And so you're, you're, what you're really doing is you're replacing the diesel generator on board the locomotive with a, a hydrogen fuel cell. That was kind of eye-opening for me when I first kind of got that realization that 
You know, it's not that the fuel cell, the hydrogen fuel cell, it's not a hydrogen car. It's a, it's an electric car fueled, but you, instead of plugging it in and generating your power, you're just, you, you're, that fuel cell generates the power on board and then you just have to reload the, the hydrogen, which is, yep. you know, hydrogen is the most, uh, you know, abundant molecule in the universe. So we have plenty of it. It's just a matter of getting it cost effective to, to separate it into a usable source. That's right. It, it's just a matter of, 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 of making it available. It's there, it's in everything, right? But it, it, we just got to make it available. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, just thinking about its availability um, and trying to get the push and commercialize hydrogen. I'm vaguely familiar with 45Z, which is the credit within the IRA for hydrogen. I understand 45Q, we talk about it a lot. Uh, with SMR, sounds like there's opportunity to take a look at both of those credits because you are producing CO2 um, and quite a bit of CO2 that can be captured. Also, you have the opportunity to capitalize on 45Z. Can you touch on the credits a little bit? What makes sense for the hydrogen industry? Does sequestration, uh, you know, you, you probably can't stack, but I would love to understand um, how we do bring more to market here and, and leverage some of these incentives. Yeah, I don't, and, and you're right. I don't know that we can stack, you know, the, the, what, what we're focused on is, is, is the 45B credit for, for, for production, hydrogen production using renewable natural gas, right? That's where, that's where we get the most bang for the buck. And what we're, we're excited about is the opportunity to work with with a company, you know, like, uh, like that, that can capture the CO2 that's coming out of our production stack. And, and capture that and use that commercially, uh, either whether it be sequestration or, or clean it up and, 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 and use it for um, industrial uses or, or even food grade uses, food, food uses, right? Um, there is, it's a, it becomes an almost free source of CO2. Uh, other than the you know the the, the cost of, of of capital and the and the and the the incremental O and M becomes an almost free source of CO two for those purposes for the relatively clean source of CO two at that and it's a, it's a relatively clean source right it's not a, it's not a dense source but it's a relatively clean source and so um, it 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 depends on what the constituency is of the of the feedstock going in right the natural gas going in and we're taking pipeline quality gas in. Uh, and we're making in the SMR process, we're making uh, a fuel grade, uh, fuel cell grade hydrogen. So the the inherent process um, uh, takes whatever constituents might be in the gas and breaks those down to to a large degree. So a lot of the CO two that does end up coming up coming out the stack uh, and is available for capture and reuse is fairly clean. Um, CO2 coming in. Yeah, and that's why I say, you know, like, like I said earlier, I mean, they're on parallel paths. I mean, where you have hydrogen production, you have CO2. But so like we always say on, on, on this show here is like, let's find alternative uses and good uses for that CO2. That's you know, sustainable aviation fuel, things like that. And the, the, the real ultimate gain in this, I mean, there's, you know, any, it, it sounds great on the campaign trail to say, you know, we're going to be off fossil fuels by 2030 or 2035. That is asinine, in my opinion. I mean, you know, the, the, the odds of getting off fossil fuels in the next hundred years is probably pretty limited, but we can absolutely minimize it and start reducing it. And so if we have these biogas sources and, and RNG, you don't have to pull natural gas out to burn the natural gas and get the methane, things like that. Same with the CO2. We don't need to find new sources of CO2. We have plenty of sources of CO2 that can be used for all these things. So yeah, the, the, you know, and that's where you, you, know, you get a little you know, angry about the additionality blockage because 
it's, it's so short-sighted. You know, we can't just say wind and solar are going to save the world and we need battery electric cars. Well, you know, that, that, uh, that, those battery electric cars aren't any greener than anything else we have today either. It just sounds good. It's, it's green at the source because they're not creating emissions. But everything that went into it to generate that power and everything else downstream or upstream of it isn't green. And so, you know, we have to go with the all of the above uh, mentality. So let's say, you know, let's say, yeah. It does have to be an all of the above, and 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 look, there's there's not anything, and 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 I know this will this this is a little bit this is controversial to say, but there's not I don't see anything inherently wrong with fossil fuels per se. It's it's how we use the fossil fuels that right. it, that needs to be changed and improved, right? So if we can use natural gas supplies to and 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 rather than just burning them, we can refine them into into products that can be used in a clean, safe, sustainable manner, then why not? You can say the same thing. Again, I don't think it's I don't think it's a silver bullet, but no. it is part of the solution. Yep. No, that's great. Well and I, that's why I think it's so important what Bayotech is doing of you know, because like you said earlier with the historic SMR, it's very large scale. And certainly when we have pipelines and things like that, it makes you know large scale very, very uh, more feasible, I guess you'd say. But at the same time, I mean, you have a smaller scale system. You can get point of use almost for hydrogen. And, you know, that we're, A, we need that as a bridge for the next 10, 20 years while we get larger scale hydrogen production and pipelines. But even after that, you're always going to have a need for point of use production. And so if we can get that cost effective, now you can, you know, transition all sorts of different things from generating, you know, electric to, to now fuel cell uh, pr production. So... I mean, I think in, in the short run, you know, what it does is, like I say, it starts to provide that gateway into the transition to hydrogen as a as a, as a fuel. Right. Um, in the long run, it becomes sort of like the infill, right? It becomes the 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 it filling the niche, filling the 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 gaps in the supply chain as the as the as the larger scale uh, environment works out. And it, I, I sort of liken it to you've got big utility scale solar plants that are being built, right? But I got solar panels on my roof, right? Yep. Right. Point of view. So, so there. It's that. It's that. It's that. All of the above sort of approach and mentality. There's not one or the other. It's not black or white. It's it's how do we how do we build out a network, a system that functions and works and gets us where we want to be. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, hey, that this is a extremely educational, extremely helpful. Like I said, we. Really uh, highly encouraged by what you guys are doing there. I think you got some great products. Uh, what what didn't we ask? What didn't we cover today? You know, the only thing I can think of, and, I, and, I, and I'll give a little a little plug for, for us. And you you touched Absolutely. on it earlier, right? It's it's the it's the it's it's this biotech technology and hub and the ability to put it at the use at the at the user. You know, we can produce a couple of tons a day of hydrogen uh, on a couple of acres of ground. And so, you know, rather than a, you know, a billion dollars and 40 acres and cryogenic plants and things like that, we can produce gaseous hydrogen right there at the, at, at the use. So, I mean, theoretically, we could do it, you know, next to a transit agency bus yard. We could do it on a terminal at a port. We could do it in an industrial park where there's warehouses that are using hydrogen fuel cell uh, forklifts. We could build one next to a truck stop on a freeway somewhere. You know things like that that we can do to start to really build out the network and 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 the and the and the and the, and, and the system 
to make hydrogen available for widespread use. And I think that's a that's a really cool thing um, and, and something that, that we're really excited about. And, and uh, so. No, that's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, I, I totally agree. So it's it's critical for the for the adoption and the growth. And can you do that for power generation, too? So can you generate power off of that hydrogen production and the, like co-locate power production? On site for you know operation, we could co-locate it and 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 you know pump it into the into so let's say you know where you had a con, a combustion uh, a combustion turbine plant, you could co-locate uh, one of our hubs at that at that location. The same natural gas that's feeding the the combustion turbines could feed our SMR, convert it to hydrogen, and then put that into the combustion turbines. Yeah. That's awesome. That is. That's great. Yeah. Hey, that's I, a, I, I, I certainly learned a lot. I'm yeah, sure the, the, the listeners will as well. Um, and, and, you know, for us catching carbon, this will be the first of a, a few episodes where we do start to better understand hydrogen and, and we want our, our audience to do the same. So, Jack, thank you for coming on. PhD, educating us. We certainly appreciate it. Everybody be sure to check out Biotech. They're doing some exciting stuff in the clean energy space. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate Thanks, it. guys. I appreciate it.